Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let me just say straight up, Sinead, Alan Kim as David Yee in this film, 100% my style icon. Really? Yeah. The boots. The little shirts. <laughs> the boots mainly, now I think about it. Mm-hmm. 100% the best character, the best boots I've ever seen. Hello and welcome to another episode of I Only Like You. Almost said I miss you. <laughs> Every time. Too many pods start the same. We've got to change one of them. <laughs> From now on, this is called Gillian Chap. No, don't make that a thing. <laughs> Listeners, do not listen to him. It's not becoming a thing. Uh, it will do, so. No. Anyway, what we do on this podcast is review films, talk about them. You know, just generally have a chinwag about movies that have come out recently. Mm-hmm. This week it's Minari, isn't it, Sine? It is. What are your overall thoughts on Minari? My overall thoughts are I liked it. I thought it was good. I'm not entirely sure what happened. Okay. I love David. Style icon, yes. And I think I've been ruined by Parasite. Okay. Those are what my do you mean thoughts. ruined by Parasite? Because my problem is any international film, even though this is an American film, but it was nominated mm. in Best Foreign Language for some things. It's not mm. in English, I guess. I... I Parasite is like the once in a lifetime film. And I just want everything to be that. Right. That's my problem. So is this about Parasite versus every other film or just I think it's about Parasite versus the world, yes. Okay. All right. Not just because of the, the content or well, international flavor or anything like that. It is tough because it's about South Korean characters and like yeah. We can have more than one film about South Korean characters, I know, but, like, Parasite, you know? Why can't all films just be as good as Parasite? I think that's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I Parasite sets a very high standard for all films ever made. Um, and I, what I think, though, this is a, is a different sort of film. So oh, it is, totally. If it was trying to be a thriller, and you know, <laughs> might, might be trying to compare it 100%, but it is, yeah, something about... What I actually found this was similar to um, Master of None and... Really? Well, just the themes of it. Master of None and what's that one with Kumail? The Big Sick. The Big Sick. Just the idea of... And those films are kind of like David would be growing up, you know, and then it's mm. just sort of back when he was a kid and then the family made a huge move for a better life across the bloody world. And then it's yeah really tough. I think that's what I'm, those sort of themes and the sacrifice you make for your kids. 
I like those themes and I think it's done well in Minari. But I think I was about halfway through, maybe a quarter of the way through, and I was like, oh, okay, this film, nothing's going to happen really. It's just a, a series of events happening. It's not like a, this is the character's goal, we're going to go through three-act structure and here's the opposition character. Like, mm-hmm. this is... I, I worked out pretty early on, actually. It was like, oh, okay, this is just a kind of a vibes film. You well, interestingly... Interesting that you say structure because mm. since well, learning about Kisha Tenketsu, this is the first film that I think actually yeah. fits that. Oh, okay. Hit me. <laughs> Which I was excited by. So I don't – if you haven't listened to any of our other podcasts where I've spoken about this, Kisha Tenketsu is a story structure that's really popular in Asia, particularly South Korea and Japan, mm-hmm. and it's a story structure where things happen to the character. So it's based on a traditional structure of a Chinese four-line poem and the four lines are ki, shou, ten, ketsu, or one, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so the idea is that you have the introduction, which is key, development, which is show, then there's a twist, which is ten, and then a conclusion, which is ketsu. Twist is the fire. Mm-hmm. Development is everything leading up to that. Introduction is them in the new environment yeah okay conclusion finishes really quickly Mm. stories in this structure finish really quickly because you just had the twist yeah big bang and then you sort of Mm -hmm. finish as soon as possible Mm -hmm. so when i was watching this i was like this pretty like basically lines up with that structure Mm. and i think that's why it felt a little not boring but different to me it felt slow Mm. i didn't really know Mm -hmm. what we were heading towards and i think that's because my brain has been corrupted by Western yeah. story structure, <laughs> by having active characters and hero's journey and three-act structure mm. and stuff, that it's not used to seeing films of a different structure and therefore a different pace. But yeah. when I figured it out, I was really excited because I was like, oh, my God, here's an actual example of how this works. Nice. Yeah, okay. That, that's that's cool. And I think, as I said before, I said it's a vibes film, but that's kind of maybe... <laughs> doing it a disservice because things do happen and characters have goals and as you've laid out the events do occur it's not just like sitting around waiting no. for the film to occur i'd say that nomadland's a more vibes film totally yeah i wonder if that fits into the structure yeah i, I wonder know. might have to watch it again with mm. that in mind hey? um but no this one it's more things are happening rather than yeah we're going to have strict um three-act structure here but I, I, i've yeah 115 minutes but i was i was pretty into it the whole time. I think I was interested. What, what about I was you? too. Yeah, I was yeah, engaged. Okay. Um, and there were some points like you would say, I guess that that Jacob or Stephen Ewan is the main character. If you had to, like, if you're applying yeah. some of those principles to it, but there are large portions where he steps aside, and it's the kids and the the mum and the grandma who are the main character. Like, you know, yeah, moving the story forward. So I think it is a very much family sort of drama mm. in that sense. Um, I think it's really hard to get good child actors mm. and just Alan Kim completely, like, yeah. stole the show for me yeah. in this film. He was wonderful. He was so good. Speaking about style icon, have you seen him in his little suits that he's been in for the awards ceremonies yeah, I have actually, and his little yeah, poses that. that he's doing? Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it so much. 
and he, you know, he gave such a heartfelt speech when he won and cried yeah. and oh yeah. my heart no I, I think i totally agree and and he did a great job and i was thinking you remember one of our very first podcasts today mm. and events that happened before our podcast we were to see uh, kramer versus kramer yes and we sat next to the older guy yes Ian. I got him his chips. I remember this. Yeah, he got his chips. There were little packets of chips and he got one and he didn't like the flavour. And so I yeah. asked him which one he wanted, which I think he wanted salt and vinegar, if I remember correctly. Okay. And yeah. so I swapped it out for him and then he couldn't open them, so then I opened them for him. <laughs> oh, Ian. I, I think we mentioned this on one of our early pods as well. And what I, why I recall this right now is that very much in that it was all about how Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep won the best mm-hmm. actor awards that year. But as Ian said, they should have given it to the kid. <laughs> he was that? he was really struck by the yes the kid's performance. He was yeah, like Adam, the kid an amazing the child actor. Yeah. What a what a great performance! I, I would have given it to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I Ian. thought the same about Alan Kim in this film. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say though, you're totally right. It's so hard to get good child actors. I think sometimes it might be easier to get a like a you know, five or six year old to act because. They've sort of got less, they're less conscious about themselves. And they can, if they're the sort of kid who wants to perform, they'll just go perform, right? Yeah. I think it's sometimes harder to get someone who's like, you know, between 10 and 15 mm. to get a good performance because they do have that, they get more self-conscious, a bit more aware of trying to act rather yes. than just being. But I think um, Noel Kate, a show as Anne was really good. She was sense. amazing as well. Like, there's not really a weak performance in this, to be honest. They all really carried it. Yeah, I think I Will Patton was amazing as Paul. Yeah, odd, odd ball, eh? Yeah, really odd guy, but it subverted expectations. I was like, oh, okay, here's the creepy guy. We all know what's going to happen with the creepy mm. guy. But no, he was just really devoutly religious and just a bit odd, but, you know, I don't know. I just I liked that they were all weird. <laughs> in this yeah. film and they all sort of got together and they were trying to make something of themselves and I find it really it's a really moving story when there's like mm. one character who's so steadfast on their goal that they can't see the forest oh, for going. the trees or anything yeah. you know like yep. the the rest of the family can really clearly see this from an objective perspective but for um Jacob like he was too too in it and he'd yeah. already put so much money in and sunk cost fallacy and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he had to keep going, even at yeah. the expense of his marriage and his family. That's right. And I think, you know, kind of getting into spoilery territory here, so, you know, mm. keep that in mind. But I do think that he was telling himself he was doing it for his family and yeah. so, like, every sacrifice was worth it because he's doing it for his kids. Mm-hmm. But as he sort of realised and she kind of, Monica kind of um, got out of him. Was like, you're not doing this for yourself, aren't you? Yeah. You'll do it despite your kids. So yeah, without your kids, so you're not really doing it for anyone. No, yeah. that was quite heartbreaking, wasn't it? Yeah. The grandma mm. hated her so much. Yeah, and you're supposed to. I know you're supposed to, but like, lady. Yeah. Go away. Yeah, that was tough. Leave him it? alone. If he doesn't want to give his grandma a cuddle, then he doesn't have to give his grandma a cuddle. Stop forcing oh. children to do things they don't want to do. I am so on board with that. I'm, I'm not, we've got nieces and nephew now. I'm, I'm not forcing them to give me a kiss on the cheek or cuddle or anything like that. I'm like, they're their own people. They can do what they want. 
we'll that. be friends and I'll, I'll be nice. I'll do what I can to establish a relationship. I'm not going to force it. And I, she kind of forced it a bit in this film, didn't she? Like, Yeah. But you're also and, working and with, like, the, cultural differences as well, you know. Yeah. But, like, yeah, oh, you don't want to come see your grandma. Like, he's, like, four. He doesn't really know what's going on here. It he was just, very emotionally manipulative, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. say thank you to grandma and grandma bought you this thing, so now you have to love it. It's like, just let's all chill out for a second, okay? He's never met this woman before. Yeah. You're implying that there's a relationship there when there isn't for him. Mm. It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Also, yeah, I... The, I got very concerned when they got the stick out and they were going to, after she drank the wee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then he was clever and he got the little straw. <laughs> I was very worried all throughout the movie or after they mentioned the snake. Every time oh, he went yeah. into the forest or uh, when he got the stick, I was like, he's going to get bit by a snake here and die because I was worried, isn't he? They made me fall in love with the little kid who's great. I was worried they are going to kill him because they always do that in movies. You're worried he was going to be taken away from you. Yep. And you know what I'm like with the kids in movies? I, I love them, I hate them, don't I? Yeah, you really are, like, pretty steadfast on either of those two. Um, but I loved him. And they mentioned a snake, and you see a snake, and they mentioned several times, oh, he's 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 quite sick, he's an hour away from hospital. I was like, don't do this to me. Oh, I need I just, David to live. Yeah, I know. Well, given you were so in love with David, mm. Did you cry when he ran at the end? Because yeah. I did. Uh, what was a good moment. He finally ran. His little hand was on his chest and he was like, mm-hmm. oh. And then there's the implication as well that the grandma, like, somehow spiritually or energy-wise gave up herself for yeah. him because his heart was healing and he, and she degenerated essentially her mental health completely yeah, degenerated because she was praying wasn't she and she was hugging him and being like because he was worried he was yeah, going to go to hell <laughs> how dare how dare someone say that my grandson she kept saying yeah, yeah. i hadn't thought about that that's a great, great well that's that's what i got because then that morning mm. he woke up and the bed was wet and it wasn't from him it was from mm. her after she'd prayed and after she said i'll, I'll go to hell instead essentially for you mm. and i yeah there's something there perhaps culturally um mm. but i don't know i don't know if that's correct that's, that's the, just what i picked up on no, i thought no, that, I think was that works in them well and justin if you take away a spiritual element you could argue the grandma was telling him not to just hide away but to go yeah. out in the open and, and exercise and and yeah just by by not ever doing anything you're not going to get better and so she was giving him opportunity to grow as and then his heart got better yeah but as well as yeah, there's that spiritual element where that occurred. Yeah, that's interesting. I was really mad at um, capitalism in mm. this film, yep. particularly with the water. Mm. Just let them have the water. Oh, it's just a huge thing, water rights. And like, for Christ's sake. You can pay for it in farming and stuff. Yeah, It's literally right there. Just give them water. We all have access to water. You all should have access to water. You're in the fucking United States, yeah. you know. Like, it's just silly way that we treat people and force them to pay for basic human necessities I'm just not on board with. Anyway. I agree. I was also thinking, um, do we have enough farmers? Like, is someone looking out for that? Do we have enough farmers in the world today? I'm not looking at looking after that. Um, like, does the government keep a track 
Like, are we just making sure there's enough food going around? I think they have to, right? Yeah, I'm just... Because I don't want to be a farmer. I don't oh, want to be out there want... in a tractor. Me either. You. Looks very hot. I'd be sunburnt yeah. within five minutes. <laughs> You'd be so crumpy. Oh, you? I'd be so cranky. I'd be the crankiest <laughs> in the world. You'd be like, we haven't even... Now the I seeds have to sow the seeds and hoe the ground yeah, and yeah. de-weed and dig trenches. I don't know. For a brief moment, I was like, hmm, that could be fun, planting the little seedlings. But then I was like, mm. none of the other stuff looks interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I might stick with my little herb garden and call it a day. But mm. one thing I didn't quite like in the film, I'm interested mm. in your thoughts in it, they have the really emotional... Um, conversation after they see the doctor Mm, uh, mm. and after he sold his first lot of food to the grocer in Mm. the car park and it's like the marriage is completely broken down it's ended they both know that it's ended Mm. and then the fire sort of just fixes that yeah i was a bit unsure about that and i only watched this last night so i'd have to um maybe mull over it a bit more but I'm I'm guessing the fire made them realize they do love each other because they gave up trying to save everything in the fire and they ended up saving each other because they really yeah. together. so they just don't go on the fire well, <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I'm working my way through Superstore at the moment which mm-hmm. I'm not completely on board with but I kind of like but you know it's light and fun and easy and there was a tornado and there's a mm. line by one of the characters that says we realised the morning after the tornado that we were glad that each other was alive, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we, like, loved each other and wanted to be together. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. And so I was sort of thinking, like, in this, like, yeah, they're glad they didn't die in the fire, but you still have all these relationship problems you haven't sorted through. Mm. <laughs> like, does that really change anything? Like, you can want someone to not die but also, like, not want to be with them. I don't know. It just seemed a bit like sort of a deus ex machina thing where it was like, and the fires happened and they've saved each other and now everything's mm. good. But they didn't work through any of the things that he had done, mm. you know. So I, I wasn't the biggest fan of that, to be honest. I would have maybe been more on board with that, like the fire being the thing that makes them put everything into perspective. Yeah. If he hadn't run in there trying to get save everything. Yes, if maybe he's sitting on fire and being like, oh, shit, my life dream is going up in smokes, but look, I've got my family. And we're all safe. And that's what's important. Yeah, that's what's important to me. But then yeah. she runs in and she also saves the vegetables. So in a way that's mm. implying that he was right all along to put that above mm. and beyond everything and she's agreeing because she's also trying to help him with his dream. I don't know. I just didn't quite get that bit. I don't think that that mm. worked entirely how they were trying to make it work so yeah uh, yeah i agree with that um also thinking about the marriage breaking down there's a bit really really sad bit which i'm so lucky i never had to go through this myself where um david and Anne are talking about like who who do you want to go live with mum or dad yeah it's like mum definitely mum definitely mum guys (laughs) not even a question (laughs) mum looks after us she can cook for us. She feeds, she feeds she us. Can, she's a nice person. She lets Dad's us drink a bit Mountain Dew. <laughs> Dad's like a dick who's like trying to make his farm grow. Like, and he's a nice guy and everything, but no contest. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I guess they'd have to move back to California or yeah. wherever they were going, but 
it's not like they, they all had friends there, the kids. They didn't really have a lot of friends. I mean, I guess David ha- had his yeah. one friend. So but. did you get the impression, was this all happening over, like, summer? Because the kids haven't gone to school at all, from what I could see. Oh, yeah. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, I didn't consider it, to be honest, but and maybe. Maybe David isn't old enough, but Anne should be Anne in school. Anne should be, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just thinking your, your point about, um, you know, oddball, you think he's going to be creepy, but it turns out he's just a nice guy who's very strange. Mm. I heard Will Anderson talk once, Australian comedian, he was talking about um, immigrants who live in the country in Australia and how, like, on the one hand, that is not the best place because you're living in a city, people generally more cosmopolitan, and more open to different people and you, know, you might say usually have more high level edu- education and ex- more experience around the world and so that's a good place to be in the country maybe you've got people who are more one nation voters closed-minded etc however in the country well innocence point was it's kind of hard to be racist to the guy you see every day yeah he's your friend who like works in the same place or owns the chinese restaurant or whatever the scenario is of the immigrant who's come to the country because you kind of eventually you see them as a person and then your friends, it's kind of hard to keep that racist approach up. And I, I was kind of reminded of that in this film. Yeah. Where I guess because racism relies on othering, right? And so as soon as you remove that, then you don't really have mm. the problem. And like there are some of that, that is obviously an element of this when they go to church and, especially some of the questions that the kids get from the other kids. You're like, oh, my God, here are some little KKK kids. But it turns out, though, they're just curious because they've never probably met someone from outside America before. Mm-hmm. So, And then the kids are like, oh, okay, we're just going to be friends because... And then same with Paul. He's like, he's a weird guy, but it's hard to be um, not his mate because he's the only guy who wants to help you with your farm. So, of course, yeah. you're going to end up being mates. So. I don't, know, I don't know if I've done that justice, but you know what I'm trying to get at I there, know what right? you mean, yeah. It's mm. interesting, the treatment of race in the film. I was think, thinking about it a lot as I was watching it. Like, there's lots of racist comments from the kids, which mm. is not their fault because they've been raised in that environment and they haven't been um, around people like this. So they ask questions yeah. about, you know, having a large face or flat face or whatever it is and why they say certain things and totally and certainly the 80s too which is yes you know exactly wokeness kicked in yeah I, I, we're not you know qualified to talk about how well it's done in its portrayal no. of racism no. <laughs> um no. 
but I thought it was interesting the type of racism that they chose to show in the film wasn't it was sort of microaggressions rather than big mm. sort of oh, I'm not going to sell my things to you because you're Asian or whatever like yeah, yeah. it was sort of interesting and I think again it, it was a culmination of oddball characters that sort of fit together mm. I think I also found the film like subverted my expectations at least in a lot of ways like I thought um I thought Paul was going to be you know creepy to the kids and I thought the father of the um David's friend where he goes and spends mm. the night with him I thought oh god here we go he's going to turn out to be a confederate racist mm. and say a whole bunch of awful things and he did say some awful things but I just I thought it was interesting in how it subverted those sorts of things and I felt like it was handled quite carefully and intelligently in those moments it wasn't trying to be ham-fisted and it you know it was a story about perseverance I guess mm. <laughs> I agree with that and yeah some films would be be about capital R racism mm. and fighting that but this film I think they're definitely othered in those scenarios and yeah they're having a, a tough time of it as immigrants to America but it's not all about how yeah, now we're going to be friends with the people who are racist to us and change their lives. It's exactly. like, oh, no, we're just doing our own life. Yeah. Our own lives. Yeah. I've seen some people, I don't know if I have a quote, I can't remember what the quote was, it was on Twitter a while ago, in talking about how this film was nominated for, you know, best foreign language films and international films and some of the other film festivals and mm-hmm. award ceremonies. And someone was like, how can this not be an American film? It's about a family persevering and striving and trying to do it well in the country and a dad who gives up everything and all those sort of things. American like, dreams. What, what can be more American about that? Yeah. And I'm like, you realize that's like every country though? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe one day America will realize they're not the only country in the world who has dreams and they have people who want to do best for their kids because. I think maybe, uh, yeah, you could have finished that sentence that maybe one day Americans will realize they're not the only country in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though? It's not just know, like, oh, they're American because they're doing these things. It's like, no. America does that because that's a human thing. The whole world is trying to do the right thing by their kids and have a better life and, and have dreams. Like it's, it's It just seemed like a very strange argument to make about how this film is actually American because it's doing these things. I'm like, well, everyone does these things. It's also like a blended film. It's not like, I don't know, I don't like having to put films into categories and ownership they feel about certain things, but... It's listed as an American drama film. It's about a South Korean mm. family of immigrants. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what else is inherently American and Australian? Racism <laughs> and mm-hmm. not being nice to immigrants. So if you want to claim that, go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and immigrants exist in every country exactly. as well. So it's, exactly. It's, yeah. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a strange one, that <laughs> sort of argument. And, like, I, I have my problems with the Oscars, but I think it's good they have a film category of international films because obviously they're geared towards America because that's where they're based. Mm. But it does sort of get into that weird category. Like the Oscars didn't do this, but other films, especially I think Golden Globes had it in best foreign language. And I was like, but then it's like, oh, how do we define that? There's some rule about like 50% of dialogue or something, but it is, gets a bit funny, doesn't it? It's it's directed and written by an American film Mm. director and screenwriter. Um. Lee Isaac Chung, and we mentioned this on our um, Oscars special that he he made some films and he was doing did a good job of it. Obviously, mm. he'd gone to Cannes and everything, 
but he was kind of thinking of maybe I've sort of got one film left in me to try and make a go of it before I go off and you know start lecturing and stuff and then yeah this is the film he made yeah it's gone to the Oscars and I feel like he probably is on that on that track now yeah um, I love stories like yeah. that but see he was he was born in America but to a family from South mm. Korea so mm-hmm. yeah it's hard how you distinguish that kind of stuff I wish one day <laughs> that there was sort of a a world film awards that wasn't so American centric and could just have mm. the best film from every country essentially yeah totally put forward for something but don't think that's going to happen anytime soon no it's like yeah it, it's that um two sides of the coin where we want to celebrate people from all around the world but we also don't want to make it like tokenistic at the same time mm. you kind of want to get to a point where you're having a film about south korean immigrants to america isn't that exciting because that's just seen as normal and that's we're not making this a particularly that's not the selling point. It's just the fact that it's a cool story about a family striving, you know what I mean? But mm. at the same time, you do want to celebrate it because this sort of film isn't made all the time. So I hope one day that is just it is just something that we don't have to worry too much about. Yeah. And the whole thing about they've had an Oscars so white campaign because the Oscars were ignoring and neglecting so many different performances and and now they doesn't seem to be much of an issue because they've got the message like, oh, yeah, other people do make films, not just white guys. It's nice that they finally hmm. reached that conclusion. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, so hopefully it's just something we don't have to worry about. And we, I think we don't have to worry about it too much anymore in the Oscars in that sense, but hopefully yeah. overall we get to a stage where we don't. There's a quote here in Wikipedia today from the director. Mm. He wrote and directed it. And obviously he was drawing upon his family experience and it's sort of semi-autobiographical. Mm. Um, he says, it was very difficult in the sense that I know my parents are, very, are private people. And get this, I didn't even tell them that I was making this film until <gasps> I was in the editing room. Oh, God. After I'd shot it because <laughs> I was just so scared of what they would say. I wonder what they say now that it's oh, gone God. You know, international attention. <laughs> I like to, like, I assume he's talking to his parents, like, at least once a week or, you know, kind of regularly. And they're like, what are you up to? He's like, oh, just, just hanging. <laughs> Not doing much at the moment. What are you guys up to? Like, just always... <laughs> Moving it back to them. You know what that reminds me of? Do you remember mm. when we saw yesterday the Beatles film mm-hmm. and he's trying to play the song for them and they won't sit down and listen to the song? He's trying to play like Let It Be or something to them, which they would have heard for the first time. He's like, you, you, you're going to be the first people in the world to ever Can hear you sit down and listen? And they couldn't. And I remember you saying <laughs> <laughs> that they were very similar characters to your parents. And how you would, how they would react yeah. if you had something. So, so this sentence about not yeah. telling the family, I feel like that's something you would do. And they'd be yeah, like, what are you so... up to? And you'd be like, oh, I'm making a movie. They'd be like, oh, that's nice for you, thinking it was like a, I don't know, short film mm. or something. You're I'm making like an like... Oscar <laughs> like Hollywood okay. film. So I'm actually making, it's actually gone, doing pretty well this one, actually, mum and dad. You might want to get around <laughs> it sometime. Well, you watch your, watch your show about, Danish some murder sort of, mysteries. Yeah, some Nordic drama first, Dad. Or, well, Mum, you can watch the latest rom-com from Netflix. Yeah, cool. Oh, dear. Nothing wrong with those things, though, obviously. Yeah. Nothing wrong at all, no. It's just funny because I think mm-hmm. that would happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should I wrap up? Yeah. I just want to talk about David. Like, mm. I love him. 
as if he were my own child. Yeah. And I would be happy to have him as my Come child. On. You want you want a David? So okay. David, um, well Alan, hi. Um, mm. If you'd like a new mum, I'm here. <laughs> Babysitter, big sister. Yeah. yeah. Any sort of you know parental figure. Um, I love him. I'd like to love you and squeeze your cheeks together. Okay, thank you. But please don't pee in a glass and make me drink it. No. Um, lots one of, last thing I'll say. Yeah, go for it. Love, David. I do have lots of respect for Anne and all the older sisters and older siblings in general in, in films and in, in real life who... She's the only one who's keeping this going. I know. They end up <laughs> raising the kid, the younger siblings. Essentially, and yeah. Being, taking on a lot more than David has to take on because... He's just a little. He's a little guy. <laughs> he's just a little guy, you know. He's just a little guy who loves drinking Mountain Dew. Uh, it's water from the mountains. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> like we've talked about it being quite um, heavy in some of the themes and some of the characters, but it is quite light. There's a light touch to it. There people some, in my audience, at yeah. least, were laughing a lot and chuckling. And there were some really like funny moments, and I don't know. It was really well balanced. I thought between mm. comedy and drama. Yeah, I. You know, I, I watched it last night, so my, my thoughts aren't quite totally settled, but I think actually talking about it now, I like it a lot more than I perhaps thought at first. Yeah, I think that's what happened with me. I sort of, like, left the cinema going, I think it was good, but the more I've sat with it, I'm like, yeah, what well, it was. Like, I don't know, mm. it's sort of grown on me the more I've thought mm. about it. It stayed mm-hmm. with me for a lot longer than other films. Yeah. It's a very quiet, sort of slow-paced, gentle film. Mm. Maybe a touch long, but that's my look. That's my complaint with everything. If anything's over ninety minutes, you that's what you say. I think ninety minutes is the perfect length for a film. Yeah, this is almost two hours. You know, mm. tight nineties guys. You can make a film a tight <laughs> ninety, and people are more likely to watch a tight ninety, and it mm. feels fun, and the time goes quickly. You've still got time to go and have dinner afterwards or lunch. I just think it's like. It's a good time. Yeah. The um, other thing maybe that's made me have to think about this more than um, previously other films, because I watched this, I think it was 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Like, Did you fall asleep? To, I didn't fall asleep. No, I, I was into this the whole time. But it is just like, if it was a 90-minute film, I would have been home by a lot earlier. But, you know. You're such an old man. I am an old man. <laughs> need to get to back for your bedtime uh, one last thing i'll say is that i recently started watching invincible mm-hmm. which is a new um cartoon animated um series about superheroes on amazon and it's quite it's an adult one not, not for kids at all it's very much um yeah not one you want, want to play with your little nephew david shouldn't watch it put it that way okay okay until he's much older. is that going to be our like barometer from now on <laughs> <laughs> maybe um, but Stephen Ewan is the is voicing the main character, and it's amazing. It's a really good show. Oh, awesome! And like superhero stuff, there's a bit of excess and lots of superhero things happening. But this is like a bit of a breath of fresh air in terms of that. So I, rec- I recommend that for sure. Stephen Ewan's big claim to fame. He was in Walking Dead, wasn't he? Yeah. So I've, which I never, I've never saw. seen much of that. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to give it out of five? I'm going to go four. I think I'm going to go 4-2. Okay. I think this is... 4-2, four, four like 42? That's a bit no, more just high. just 4.2 maybe. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was, um, yeah, I think it's a film that's going to stay around for a while and sort of mm. we'll look back on it as a really like masterpiece sort of yeah. film. I think I'm not just saying this because they've been in the same Oscars round, but I think it might be make a nice double bill with Nomadland. I was just going to say that. I mm, think it's very okay. similar vibe. Yeah. Different story, but if you're talking about sort of America, maybe, maybe yeah. an American night and you can serve like hot dogs and burgers <laughs> and your weird yellow cheese and your marshmallow fluff in a jar and your whipped cream. We have cheese, okay. sprayed canned cheese over there. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. I don't even know. That would be a nice little film night. Okay. Can I come if someone wants to throw that? Yeah, just throw it something. Oh, I throw it. You throw it. You don't have to. I don't want to. Whatever, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Please go see Minari. We don't say about every film. We recommend most films we, we record on podcast about, but this one I think would be one to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we are on Twitter. Please follow us. Please get in touch via email if you want to. All our links are on SoundCloud. Um, and please tell a friend. Write in review, tell a friend. Three things you can do for us. And we'll do anything you want. So No, we won't do anything they want. Absolutely anything you want. Oh, Just gosh. get in touch. I'll do it for you. Lonnie can do it. I'm saying way <laughs> out of that. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you watch Emily in Paris. Um, we'll see you next time. Stop. Goodbye. This has been no another production of no Gillian Chap. No, stop it. <laughs>